Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving More Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening. And hey, you never know. We might have a guest or two jump on as well, but uh, they're not here yet. So we're flying solo um, to kick off with as we get back into the swing of things here in 2022 on New Zealand Sports Radio. Um, today, we're going to talk about, well, the Black was being news around the Black Ferns and contracting. Um, Moana Pacifica news um, has been coming out. There's also some news around the coaching setup at Tasman. Um, we'll uh, have a chat about uh, some Six Nations things. And I was listening to a Dave Wessels uh, interview uh, today on a podcast by um, Fixation, uh, Rugby Fixation, an uh, Australian podcast. Um, there as well, so I have a chat about that as well. That's all on the cards for today. Now, we have been coming to you on a Tuesday at 8 p.m. for a long time now, uh, and uh, that is about to change. From next week, we will be going live at 8 p.m. on a Monday evening. So, yes, we're switching it to Monday evenings um, from next week, folks. Um, so uh, set your uh, calendars and your alarms uh, a day earlier. It's a bit like when uh, the daylight savings happens um, and uh, we all get uh, shaken up by that, don't we, Con? Yes, we do. Although I'm big, I'm a fan of daylight savings. I know it's quite controversial. I like it. I like the sun. I like the evening nights. So, you know, not when we go back to miserable da- darkness in the winter, but I tend to like it. Happy New Year, Paul. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm very good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Get, get any good, uh, get any good Christmas presents? Well, um, as you can see, you can't do on Teams because uh, I spend a lot of time on Microsoft Teams uh, at work. You can blur your background and it just blurs around you. Well, I can't do that here, so you can see all the family's messy Christmas presents are on the spare bed behind <laughs> me. So it's great. Paul has all these rugby jerseys, bit of a backdrop, and I've got um, clutter. I've got- You've got cluster and, and a bed that you use for other purposes. Yeah. The, anyway, the uh, other, other types of streaming shows. Um, by the way, you That's can right, go yeah. background, head over to the settings. And my only fans is uh, slash Connor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. um, don't forget, you, you can go for settings actually and blow your background. So it is possible to do. Me, oh, again, oh, brilliant. Thanks, mate. I got a blackboard for my daughter. She made it herself. So there you go. It says my notes for the show now on, my, on the blackboard that my daughter made for me um, for Christmas. So there you go. 
rather than the uh, stolen um, Star Wars whiteboard that I was using before. And there we go. Yeah, constantly Here we go. I work in IT. Background. Couldn't figure and, it out uh, until Paul told me. Thanks, Paul. What he'll be able to do is you can also set it up to, to be, uh, you can get yourself a green screen and you can have all sorts of stuff in the background there if you wanted to. That um, require effort and money, Paul, uh, neither of which <laughs> I have right now. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. So, yeah, so getting, I say, getting back to the swing of things, um, Monday nights, because Tuesday nights is training night for rugby teams. Um, and uh, Wayne Smith wants me down there videoing the uh, YU Rugby Club. So, there you go. Um, but also, freeze up more, more importantly, to be honest. Um, so, yes, that's what we'll be doing. Um, the uh, Have you kept your eye on us? I have, as we found out today in our rugby chat, I've basically taken a month off of reading any rugby news because when I, when I spotted that Nico Jones, um, was uh, an injury replacement for um, Moana Pacifica and thought this would really upset our Blues supporters on our rugby chat group. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we knew about that a month ago, Paul. So, oh, okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so have you been keeping up to date with stuff, Connor, or have you, have you taken, uh, had an off-season as well? What stuff? There hasn't been any news, is there? <laughs> I don't think there has been, which is good. I, I uh, No, I haven't. Honestly, I, I, <laughs> um, I deleted Facebook like just after Christmas and um, and Twitter and I haven't permanently I'm not deregistering anything I'm just trying to see what it does to my time because I you know you'd probably do the death scroll pull you just sort of you automatically well you might not but you automatically find yourself scrolling you're like what the hell and I thought you know what but the, the the biggest casualty is is news like rugby news and and just things that pop up that's the hard thing you don't it's it, you know you've got to seek it but I do spend a lot of time on stuff. Uh, that's where I get my death scroll um, sort of uh, um, junky hit. But uh, there hasn't been much, you know. Cricket's been on. Um, there hasn't been a huge amount. I mean, I've seen a bit on Minor Pacifica, and it's uh, I know they've got um, new coach or coaches, so it'll be good to see where that goes. But um, it's been quite. I know there's probably been some stuff in the UK because uh, the UK, sorry, Europe has continued their um, their. Uh, competitions but i haven't i don't even know who won those to be honest i know the south african teams haven't been playing as far as i know yeah there's other they it's, it's I, I listen to a, a bunch of podcasts um covering sort of welsh scottish english um rugby and australian rugby as well and south african rugby um and it was really good to hear at the beginning of this at the beginning of the, uh, the the northern hemisphere season or the european season anyway uh the positivity around the urc or the united rugby championship mm. As soon as games started to get cancelled, though, that all went out the window, and they're like, "Oh dear, whoever thought a competition like this could work?" And you're like, "Well, the past four weeks, you guys have been really positive about this, saying how great it's been." Um, so it's a real right. shame that that, uh, that that happened, but hey, it did, um, and hopefully we uh, they'll get that back on. Um, if back if on Super track. Rugby could now crit criticism uh, warranted, but if Super Rugby could run internationally, flights to South Africa, you know, massive different time zones for what 22 years without you know well not without issue but without cancellations and that kind of thing um usc probably needs to chill out because it's just the situation you know oh like yeah the, US, the, the, the officials it's the it's the fans let's be honest um, yeah, yeah the, right, the, fan, yep. the fans need to chill out give, give them a chance it will it, yeah I, I, i'm excited about it i think it could actually um it, it could go well. Uh, Simon points out there has been news out of South Africa as well. Yes, the Curry Cup starts this weekend. Oh, okay. um, and the, um, the, the honestly, there is always a 
South African domestic competition happening at some point. Now I know they've had their um they've had the curry cup and they've had their sort of mixed things where they wouldn't be able to have things because of uh, you know, uh changes, but they've had just so many there must be so many derby matches a year at the moment with the uh Lions tour build up and the Super Rugby unlocked and uh, all that 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 sort of um USC type competition that happened with I think Benetton and the Bulls playing at the end. There's just been an unreal number of Super Rugby. I'd assume that the fans, Simon might be able to tell us otherwise, might be a bit fatigued. But I guess 2022 New Year, perhaps. Oh, look, and they were. See, I, I did. I did a, uh, a patrons only show with um, the Yellow Cap in South Africa about basically how they've based, been playing the Curry Cup on repeat um, for like four times on the bounce. Uh, so yes, it was it was it was a bit of a problem for them. Uh, but I think now, and the Curry Cup normally, or the Curry Cup previous to this was was sat basically in the same window as the um, NPC, MC, yeah. or the, um, the old Buddings NPC, uh, in that window. Now by putting it in this window, in the January window, to me, I think this really is the final nail in the coffin for the Curry Cup because they're running it at the same time as the URC. So mm. at least no players will be there. Previously, when it was run, it was run. At the same time as international rugby so sure you didn't have the spring box just like we don't have the all blacks for the mpc but you did have the super rugby players or the majority of them a few of them would go over to japan to play a bit but that now is not available to them because of the way that uh, japan has changed their season um mm -hmm. but so which is just uh well what well, well, is is currently underway or just kicking off and the uh, robbie deans has already had one game cancelled due to COVID. but anyway um but um, you know how long the URC season is, Paul? Because that might be part of the problem. You know, the length of some of these um, uh, European tournaments is, seems to wrap around the year. Oh, it does. And now the URC goes from sort of September, October through till the uh, end of June, right? Which is the standard, <laughs> which is your standard European standard European season that the I mean, the, the Gallagher Premiership and the top fourteen also do as well. Um, now. But what they've done that the, that the other two don't do is that they've done, they actually play less games by not playing in the test windows. The yeah, they, they, they stop yeah. for periods, right? Yeah, so I mean, Super um, Rugby so, traditionally would stop for the June window, but it, but it, you know, in its heyday, it was March to July, maybe, mm -hmm. um, or, or, or yep. end of Feb to July. And I know it got earlier and earlier and earlier, and they were bloody getting close to Christmas by the last couple of years um with so it was a january game um but uh but it, it, it didn't seem as long now i guess with with the usc it's longer in length but there's these big windows of gaps it's, it's it is quite interesting though to see um rugby games and i haven't spent much time you know looking at european rugby uh other than sort of checking scores in the last for the last few years i've sort of started getting into it a bit more but seeing games played on Boxing Day and, you know, just really, really close to Christmas, it's uh, quite fascinating. I'd imagine the ground's pretty hard in South Africa around then too. So that'd be that'd be another problem. Yeah. Um, so that, but traditionally in the UK, the your, your New Year's, your Boxing Day and New Year's Day games got massive crowds um, as mm. people go home to their parents for Christmas and uh, everyone goes down. So it works there. Um, yeah, Science says he's against the Curry Cup being played in January. I think it's better around the same time as the minus 10 cup. Um, I agree entirely. Basically, this the Curry Cup now looks like it's what, what, what used to be called the Vodacom Cup and then became the Super Sport Cup, which essentially was for your Super Rugby fringe players to keep them. Whilst we have club rugby, they had that in place. Um, and so it seems to be now, yeah, essentially it's now going to be, um, I guess, 
semi, uh, sort of semi-amateur, uh, semi-pro rather than full-time pro, uh, the Curry Cup, which is uh, considering the the heights it led to and the the fact that it would fill grounds like the MPC used to fill Eden Park, for example. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a shame that it has gone that way. Um, and that and way. why would they put it if, if it is if it's a no-win situation as far as? Um... Uh, they can't get the players. They're not going to have players. So I'd wonder if they put it there if there was like a little hiatus and they're hoping to get a few players on break. But if that if there's no real win to having it there, why have it in January when it's the the sort of the opposite of the the traditional time for rugby when you know middle of June would be the traditional or June or July or whatever would be the traditional best time. Just I'd assume that it'd be hot as hell. The ground would be just rock hard and then you know there's a competing with the cricket season which as we know players at and spectators um players at that level uh maybe not that level maybe you know the level down uh can sometimes play cricket as well so you know you, you like you don't like to have that overlap i find it to be quite quite interesting or unusual so yeah we'll have to see i mean, uh, I mean about the other, there are rumors of another competition um well because there's been south africa has made has made some good times with georgia recently uh, and there was talk of a Georgian team being part of the uh, Curry Cup. Now that um, isn't happening this year, uh, but uh, who knows what they'll put into in that um, minor ten cup or that kind of mid-year window, um, working potentially with uh, with Georgia. They've had um, uh, an Argentinian team and a Namibian team also involved in um, the Curry Cup. Not necessarily the Premiership, but the but the uh, the level beneath that, the Championship. Um, so who knows? What uh, what might come of those? We'll, we'll cover when if we get any news on that, folks. We will um, we'll talk about it. Um, we were talking about Moana Pacifica um, and uh, the fact that Nico Jones um, has uh, is an injury replacement there. Uh, he's one of two injury replacements, and we've not even got the season underway yet. We've had season-ending injuries already to Parry Parry Parkinson and Jamie Booth. Um, we've got injury replacement players coming in. We've got an extra team in Moana Pacifica. Uh, and players, and when I talked to um, Clayton McMillan last year and mentioned that uh, the extra drain on uh, player resources, he also cited that the MLR is a big, uh, has been a big, has, has drawn all the players away as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm starting to get concerned about um, the sort of the, the, the player depth we've got here, uh, and yeah, basically players just killing themselves by, by the looks of things. Connor, are you, are you uh, am, am I am I over? Getting over dramatic about this? I think. Um, <clears throat> look, I don't know. I, I mean, I think MLR, MLR is having more an effect, more of an effect than a lot of people realise. They're taking players really early, you know. Uh, but compared with their season starts, is it Feb, March again? It's March essentially the same, the same, the same window as Super Rugby. Mm. And they're bringing them over, you know, in the year before, you know, as in probably, you know, some of those players would, would have gone over already for pre-training. I saw a couple of things about people flying over there for pre-training, which is cool that they're taking it so seriously. Um, I think, uh, to answer your question, though, Paul, I think the initial having another 15 or 23 players at Super Rugby level, it's pretty clear that that is a problem for us. Um and uh, yeah, the players have gone to Japan and maybe to a lesser degree MLR. I mean, what I don't know, and you might be able to tell me, Paul, is I understood the players that were going to MLR would generally 
you know, there, I know there are some players, there are some, um, you know, younger younger guys, but some of the players, the, the higher tier players were more guys at the end of their career, yeah. Andy Ellis's and um, I guess for Australia, Adam Ashley Cooper, as opposed to them snapping a 28-year-old um, player that would make up the uh, a critical part of a, of, you know, a Perry Perry Parkinson or... I'm not sure how Perry Parkinson is, but a player that's going to be a key, a key, you know, that would be a starter in another Super Rugby team. I think that's the key, and I think that's they're more likely to be going to Japan. Absolutely, yeah, the starters you're looking, looking at Japan, um, where you look. I mean, obviously Patrick Turpilotto, you've got David McKenzie over there now uh, in their sabbaticals, and uh, so look, that, that's where the big name players go and the and the starters go. What you're looking at going to MLR are players, I guess, a bit more like Danny to to um, uh, Danny Tuolasa, tu, tu, oh, my tongue is, is um, Tuasala, uh, the who was a what, that maybe third choice scrum half for the Blues, um, Auckland scrum half. Um, so he's the kind of player that's that's uh, that, that's gone over there uh, and is um, and, and is ripping it up and having a great season. So it's not your starters. It might not even be your Super Rugby players, but what it is is it's it's that next level down. It's your uh, Bunnings NPC players who are on the verge of a, of a pro contract. So yeah, so they it, should it, be going into this team. Um, so they, so they, so basically, it, it's it's um, one of the things I, that, I, that I mentioned with with Clayton is that uh, on average, um, the uh, look looking looking at the squads last year or over the last few years, um, the, the, the the there's around about eight injury replacements per team uh, to the Super Rugby squad. So about a third of the squad. Um, a third more of the squad than named is is required. Uh, so you need more players than, than, than you're allowed to sign. And those it's those players that aren't available that, that have all disappeared basically. Um, and uh, and so that's the that, that that that's really is a problem. And as the reviewer says, the uh, um, with MLR looking to expand to 15 teams um, next year um, as well. Uh, there's, there's going to be another even more of a drain. On players, unless they start building up their own academies and start providing their own players, which is a long-term goal, but short-term, I mean, that just takes time um, to take effect. So, in the short term, yeah, um, I think Super Rugby uh, is going to it's going to keep going to be fine for its top 20, 25 players per squad, but after that, it's going to start becoming a um, uh, becoming a, an, an issue. Nocturnal rights, yep. Yeah. Mentions Aleki Morris uh, Lume, um, who was um, Otago and Highlanders, and now he's over to uh, he's headed off to US Rugby. So, um, so yeah, there definitely are. Uh, it, it's, it's it's that area, it's that depth. I think is a problem um, for them. If we're being real, <clears throat> um, what do we think the mid-term impact is going to be? I don't think it's going to be our our teams faring poorly at the on the leaderboard of Super Rugby Pacifica. You know, I think the Crusaders and the Blues and the Hurricanes are still going to do very well. I think if they were playing against, um, you know, the best South African teams, and uh, and there was a tighter like if if you compared our domestic uh, Super Rugby teams to another country's, you know. Uh, 
you know, top teams in South Africa were staying at four teams or three teams or whatever it was because they also grew too big. They had six teams. So, you know, New Zealand could certainly sustain six teams as South Africa could sustain six teams. Um, but for, from a competitive point of view, uh, so from from an ensuring that Super Rugby, uh, that New Zealand teams are doing well in Super Rugby, I don't think we've got an issue there. Um, I personally think minor Pacifica will enter and after possibly a rough first year will probably be... You know, a similar team to the likes of the Force or the Cheetahs. You know, they'll win some games. You know, maybe in three or four years they might. Um, oh, considering the leaderboard is as top eight teams, you know, three or four years they might get to the top six. Like you know, I think the Cheetahs or the Force did or got close to in uh, some of those uh, later Super Rugby years. Um, will they get to the top? I don't think they're going to do what the Jaguars did. Uh, I just that's a different situation. That was kind of the perfect situation, I guess, of, of what an entering team would do. Um, but uh, yeah, I it'll be interesting. What what do you think could be the the New Zealand rugby um, negative of um, of uh, you know slightly of of the this dilution of players for minor Pacifica, and then obviously we know players leaving to Japan and and. Uh, and um, the USA is a problem. I think it's it's a critical problem if players that should be in the All Black jersey are leaving, uh, but maybe not those that have had their heyday that would otherwise be in minor Pacific team. Does that ramble make sense, Paul? The, yeah, New Zealand rugby from a from a financial point of view is able to look after, is able to keep its top talent um, and keep the the majority of the upcoming talent that it wants to keep. Um, so from that point of view, I don't think it's a big problem. Um, I think the drain, whatever drain is on the New Zealand Super Rugby franchises will be the same or more so on the Australian Rugby franchises. So, uh, so how do Especially I see... Especially with their new ruling, their new change <laughs> and the, the getting, getting yep. rid of the ghetto law. It, I, I, I'm always very surprised when that, that doesn't get as much opposition as, it, as maybe it should, but I think they're in a desperate state. Sorry, continue, Paul. Excuse me. No, no, it's right. Uh, the, so, um, so, I th- so I think the, uh, the the competitiveness within Super Rugby shouldn't be a problem um, for them. Now, will the level of Super Rugby uh, not be at the same level and, and actually become uh, not as high? That is that that I think it will do. I think the the, the level will drop down because you uh, say because you don't have or or the, or the the top tier players are all good. So when you've got your first fifteen out, we'll see the level be pretty much the same. But I think. Once injuries and things happen, I think you'll see teams drop. And so I think what we so might the quality see of the rugby, quality of rugby will drop. Yeah, even if uh, the the standing of our teams and the leaderboard doesn't appear to be a problem. So, so this could be a real problem if this club championship that looks like it could very well go ahead does proceed, and the Crusaders are matching up against Leinster and Leicester and fucking you know the the Saracens and the best teams of of the the Europe. And um, you know, and, and then we will care a lot, as you say, we'll care a lot. And, and if they get a hiding, which you know, for the next couple of years, I doubt they will, we'll start to look back on this as one of the you know one of the causes potentially. Because yeah, those because Ireland don't have that problem; that their players aren't going to MLR. No, I mean Ireland's well, some of them are, but in in, in much much smaller numbers, um, because obviously the, the, there is there is Irish. Um, and, and USA have got a have, uh, have got a big history and a lot of contacts between them. Um, so there's a lot of people who've got family connections, so they can do. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it is to a much much smaller um, number um, of that. But um, 
the I think you've got a uh, there's there's a number of players teams that I think um, well they, they, I mean the, the, the English teams are a problem now because of the, the salary cap so you're seeing a lot of them having to sh- having to um, uh, lose or, or, or players and extra extra chiefs losing players who wouldn't have let, wouldn't necessarily have lost in previous years um, uh, and um, the same sort of thing has happened at Saracens so um, the, the the financial issue for for the, for the English teams is starting to bite. Um, so you are looking, as you say, your French teams and your Irish teams, and potentially the uh, in the future the um, the Japanese teams in the short term, and Major League Rugby in the longer term. Because let's be honest, that's the biggest market in the world. Uh, and if they if they do get their financial side of it working properly, um, then the USA will have or the, the MLR will have the biggest spending power out of any team uh, out, out of any league uh, if they if they, if they get it right. Um, I think they're heading in the right direction, um, but I do think it's probably 20 odd years down the line. It's a long, long term thing. It would be interesting to know the numbers. Um, I mean, they need a, you know, an NBC or a, or an ESPN to, to actually buy it and broadcast it. And, and, and I think I'm, I'm really positive, positive vibes coming from me towards them. I think it's tough, though. You know, they've just got so much sport. Um, and, uh, and I think something like, you know, the best the best chance they've got in the next 10 years is to get something like the MLS, the Major League Soccer. Um, I don't know if in my lifetime or your lifetime we're going to see um, in Major League Rugby be, you know, at the level of um, NHL. It'd probably go NHL, NBA, Major leagues, uh, what is it? MLB, the baseball, and then NFL. I know NFL is the biggest one. Oh, look! I'm not, 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 look, the, the, but the thing is, to be the biggest rugby league, be the biggest rugby league in the world, they don't have to get to that level. Well, probably the MLS, the soccer um, would be at that level, wouldn't it? So if they get to the MLS level, then yeah. Um, so, um, so that's all they need to do because they're such a big market. They don't have to be um, the, the the top players. So we'll see. Um, uh, how it how uh, how it grows. I think that they've they've gone the right way about it. Um, I mean, they they didn't. I mean, things like guaranteeing salaries. They didn't cut salaries like a lot of leagues around and a lot of countries around the world did during COVID. For example, they paid up. Um, it's good. All of those. Um, they uh, uh, they've survived. Teams, teams, they've, you know. they've lost only one team so far, and, and as far as I'm uh, as, and. Uh, they haven't lost any teams during COVID, for example. So um, they added some, those, which is cool. So the, the fact that they survived they all that is is uh, and, and being such a young league is uh, is is yeah does show that they've got got a good basis, a good grounding, uh, or good foundations to build off. Um, we'll just see have to see how that all how that all plans out. Um, so back to Moana Pacifica, which we've been trying to talk about for the past twenty five minutes. Um, Nico Jones. Uh, have, have the um, have the Blues um, basically lost the culture war here? Um, so uh, they've uh, they've uh, they, they've they've obviously um, gone out and strengthened um, their uh, loose their Lucys by by signing um, Anton Anton Segner um, from uh, Tasman and obviously who was also part of the extended Crusaders um, set up last year. Uh, rather than signing Nico Jones. Has that been a mistake as he's now with Moana Pacifica? Uh, and uh, are Moana Pacifica going to sort of build a bigger following 
than say than the Blues in Auckland because they've actually got a better uh, or the better connection with the community. Um, look, I think uh, they did lose a little bit of a war there, um, and it's very cool that Nico Jones is is heading that way. Um, I personally had hoped that more players, um, not to try and dilute the Blues or anything, that there would be more of a more defections. You know, and kind of it turned into a little bit of a, I was going to use the word sideshow, but more of a show as, you know, who's going to jump ship um, and uh, get on board with this team. Um, but I I really doubt, I just, I think winning and success breeds interest and, fo- and following. And I think the Blues are probably going to do pretty well this year. Um, and uh, and I think Mine Pacifica are going to really struggle this year. And I think that's the hard thing. They'll they'll have you know similar following. They'll have a great following. I think they'll have a really passionate uh, local base that are probably not going in there with high expectations. Um, and I can't see a huge number of blue supporters, traditional long term blue supporters, jumping ship unless they have a potentially a, a cultural affiliation, which is which is great. Um, uh, you know, whilst minor Pacifica are struggling to get wins, so that's just my take. It, it could happen. It, you know, as, as they build up some some success, like say you saw the Force at times before they were kicked out. You know, I'm sure the Force's attendance was a lot better when they ended up going eight for eight or whatever that year against the the year that they went fifteen and one. You know, that would have been horrible. No one like. It's just it's a tough thing to support. So um, unless you're the Sun Wolves fans, they, they seem to be the only team that turned up when they got a hammering every time. Yeah, so I think it could take a bit of time, Paul, but not in a hurry. A bit of time. That, now, I guess that, that's that's part of it. So I mean, if you look at uh, – people say I – mean, you hear this a lot in New Zealand, that basically crowd numbers equal performance at the end of the day and that winning brings numbers. Now, it does to a certain degree. That's true. Um, but also cultural uh, connection is another big one. So, for example, Man City. Now, way before the uh, they, they got bought out and had lots of money, um, they got relegated um, down the down, down a league or two, um, and were still getting forty thousand through the gates, even though they were well down, and that was bigger than some of the Premiership crowds at the time. So, um, it's not just about winning. There are other ways um, around uh, um, uh, uh, around building a a support and a fan base and building that community around your team so um it will take a uh, it will take time you're quite right uh, and they've got to prove that they are what they say they are they've got to walk the walk and, and um and rather just talk talk and all that kind of stuff and, and and connect with that south auckland community um well um but i think nico jones is is a is a is a, is, is a big loss for for the blues will is anton segner the better player at the moment possibly will he be um, better player long term, very possibly as well. But um, as far as building connections with your local community, as far as building uh, your fan base, your supporter base, sometimes it's not about having um, the, uh, uh, the the best team, sometimes or best player. Sometimes it's about having that local boy uh, and showing that he is part of it. Now, um, there were some uh, comments in the in the live chat there about the expectation on Nico Jones. Look, he yes. There's some great, high, great, great clips of him as a schoolboy. Clearly, um, his dad is one of the greatest All Blacks of all time, um, which uh, really 
uh, uh, means there is a whole bunch of pressure on his, um, uh, or a whole bunch of expectation potentially around him that uh, can he live up to? Uh, is he as good as the Iceman? Mm. Who knows? Now, look, you got to remember that we were look that we, we're not we're not doing multiple slow, multiple slow mos, um, fifty five analysts, uh, Twitter Twitter fanboy analysts doing um, capturing every second of his play um, like you get nowadays. Um, so, um, yeah, you, it's it's a matter of build. It's it's uh, yeah. Would he have lived with that? I don't. Or will he live with that? I don't know. But we, we do wish him the best. And I think the Blues have missed a massive trick here and have signed the wrong person in Anton Segner rather than Nico Jones. Not necessarily, I'd say not from a playing point of view, but from a, a connection with your fan base point of view. I think it's a massive, I think they've, uh, that uh, a big, big mistake was made there. It, it is, Paul, but to hark back to a conversation you and I had, I don't know, October, November, it's not Ali Savaya defecting to Mara Sabi. You know, that was he was someone that there was maybe some rumors, some chat that would have been a huge deal. You know, there are there are some players that people would turn up for to see how they go. Now, um, uh, what's his name? Shit, um, the league player. Two of us set. Roger, RT, RTS, yeah. Um, so there will be people that will turn up game one just for him in Auckland. That's a big yeah. deal. And that's a cool thing. And, and if Artie had gone over to um, to Minor Pacifica, like some of the rumours rumors, uh, sort of suggested, um, people would have gone specifically to see him because he, he wasn't in Auckland. Um, so uh, on the other hand, uh, Nico Jones, I think there will be some some support. But um, I don't think you're going to see it in the same way that uh, you would if you had RTS. Uh, sorry, RTS. Oh. Or imagine RTS, if RTS went over there. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, be, no, no, totally agree. Look, I mean, look, Nico Jones is a is, is a school kid or, or just out of school, um, but he's, he does not have the profile of an Artie Surveyor or a uh, or, or an RTS. Let's be blunt. Um, yep. Those two guys are. Um, but then again, um, there are. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not up on rugby league, but I can't. I couldn't name another rugby league player who came over, who, who could come over and have the impact the RTS has had from a from a an interest yeah. point of view. Um, I, I think when uh, Benji Marshall came, player. Benji Marshall came, there was quite a bit of interest. He, yes. You know, he, yeah. So he'd be somewhat similar. You know, and, and say if Sean Johnson defected over, you know, there would have been uh, a high level. But you, you're right. You know, a couple of players. Um, there'll be some players on the Warriors team that you know if they came over. And, I'm not sure if anyone knows. I certainly wouldn't know. Um, some of your, your co. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, anchors. Uh, and <laughs> would, hey, would I mean, them, but yeah. I mean, give me an idea. I mean, we, we, we did a special show for RT because RTS moved. I mean, that's, that, he, yeah, he, he, is, uh, he is probably the biggest name that could come over for to New Zealand rugby. Mm. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Whereas the uh, well, Sunny Bill was the big one back in the day. Sorry, yeah, back, that back was in the day. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but nowadays, um, um, it's what I'm thinking about. But yeah. um, and he didn't come directly. He went via France, which kind of lowered the expectation and the, the, the noise. Um, yeah. But the if you have a um, uh, but again, if you look into player, I mean, Arnie Savera is probably the number one um, uh, kind of image level mm. um, brand at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the uh, so yeah we are talking about the this perhaps the the two biggest names that they could assign for example um, from that point of view uh, whereas yeah Nico Jones is clearly not that um, but so uh, who knows he could grow into being that we'll have to wait and mm. see um, if, 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 in fact if you go and look on the New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page um, you can uh, um, uh, Stephen Harris did an interview uh, a pitch side interview with Nico Jones so you can go search and find that cool. if you want to. Have a, have a listen to um, to that one. Um, the um, Simon, uh, Simon says the only other rugby uh, only um, league player that could have made the same impact is the Tongan Rugby League. Uh, Jason uh, Tomalo. Um, no idea who he is, but yes, you're right. If he's Tongan Rugby League, and um, we've seen how the Tongans in South Auckland um, get after so in the rugby league, yeah, that would have been a clearly that would have been a massive signing. Um, yeah, because they are big big supporters of that, uh, which is great to see. I enjoy around South Auckland and you seeing people's fences paint, painted red and white um, around the Rugby League World Cup was just brilliant. Um, exactly, exactly. And that's probably one of the reasons uh, what happened in the 2016 or whenever it was Rugby League World Cup, you know, could have been some of the reason for where we are now because, you know, when they got some big players, uh, and they started to do so well. The fan support was unreal in Auckland. And some people that aren't local to New Zealand and don't follow rugby league, uh, back when New Zealand got turfed out of the World Cup um, by, was it was it Fiji or was it Tonga or something? It was one or the other, or both possibly. I think we got beaten by both. It, it was a big deal, like the, the communities. And, you know, there were a lot of people disappointed, but there was probably even more people that were excited because Tonga, you know, they almost made it to the final. They, did, they were doing so well, almost beat England in the semi. Anyway, that's a different uh, sport, different chat. It is, uh, yeah. No, the, there's no way that Fiji's um, beat um, uh, the, the the New Zealand Rugby League team anytime recently. I'm pretty sure. Um, Go to the video anyway, while, you, while you're chatting. You can, yeah, you can do a bit of a bit of Google on that one. Um, so, Moana Pacifica, um, uh, on um, on that one. Um, oh, Papua New Guinea. He says Simon says both of them. I, I might have lost the. Um, he was at both those games this time. So, oh, maybe you're all right. You're all right then. There you go. Um, uh, Marcus also signed Del McLeod. Now, look, Del McLeod's another um, coach of Southland. So we've talked to in the past and done uh, um, 
interviews with, um, doing a great job down there, has also been based up in, um, uh, has worked, has also been with Northland. Uh, now he, he'll be a fantastic coach. Uh, he's going to be looking after the defence um, there on um, uh, at Moana um, Pacifica. So uh, great to see Dell getting a, a, an opportunity at some super rugby level. Um, I know there are other uh, provinces um, bigger than Southland that have um, that have been uh, sniffing around to try and uh, get him. But uh, he'll be back at Southland this year, um, which uh, which is good to see. But one of the things that um, you, uh, you, you, you obviously it's good to see he's getting that that recognition up in Super Rugby. But one of the things is that MPC uh, coaches don't just spend their time in the ten weeks um, of the season that they're MPC coaches. They spend a lot of time um, in the club season working with the clubs um, around growing players, and that would be a massive loss to Southland. So hopefully they can backfill that. Um, uh, but so uh, well done to Dell and getting that opportunity um, there. Um, and also, um, the, they've got themselves, um, um, Pugliasi Manu uh, has come in as a scrum coach as well. So good to see that tomorrow, one, two, yeah, putting in the yeah, a proper coaching team um, around this uh, and not just um, trying to do it with two coaches and uh, um, a couple of volunteers, uh, as we see at Super Oak, at, at, sorry, at, at NPC level. They are going to need this kind of level. And this is, and it's good to see that that's happening um, with the, um, with them. By the way, I know that these signings have been in the works for a, or have both been announced recently. Um, this has been in the works for and has <laughs> for a long time. Um, we did hear about some of these um, a while back on the uh, on the old grapevine. Um, the other big big announcement that's come out is the new Blackferns um, contracts um, that. Uh, have um, that have uh, been announced um, and a step closer to full-time professionalism uh, in the women's game. Now, uh, clearly the Blackferns have had a torrid time in 2021. Mm -hmm. They lost all four of their test matches and also um, their head coach got accused of um, bullying um, and uh, inappropriate and, 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 and uh, yeah, well, inappropriate or, or badly handling um, the team or players it, to the extent that one had a mental breakdown uh, during um, the um, uh, during the uh, what do you call it uh, during the tour to uh, to Europe um, and that was a uh, an established uh, World Cup winning uh, Blackfern as well. We're not talking about mm. one of the new new kids on on, on the block. Um, so yeah, awful year last year. Um, it looks like the the response to that whilst there are reviews still going on, has been an improvement in the uh, contract. So 30 girls or women um, are going to get contracts, which is good to see. Um, and these will increase to a, um, a basically a retainer of about 30, or increase to about $35,000. Now, clearly $35,000 is not enough to, um, to live off, <laughs> um, but that's a retainer uh, with... Um, uh, various appearance fees, um, assembly fees, and match fees uh, in top of that. So uh, at the bottom end, that means we get 60000 a year, the upper end, 130000 a year, um, which is getting towards basically a livable um, mm. salary. Mm, yeah. I guess I the only question mark around that is, if the retainer's thirty-five, what happens if you have a, a year-ending injury? Are yeah, you stuck on thirty-five k? You're earning less than minimum wage, which is tough. Uh, yeah. 
Um, so look, it's a step in the right direction. Um, it's still less than the Blackburn 7s players get, but it's a step yeah. in the right direction. And I think I'd just say, you know, I think recency bias, well, let me try and explain what I'm trying to say. I think it was a roller coaster year for a lot of players because um, whilst the Black Ferns did not compete at the Olympics, they did in a way. A lot of them did as far as okay. the sevens. And so some of the players, a lot of the ones that had their, you know, pretty terrible, uh, you know, four losses, the, the record losses and the record number of losses, um, you know, kept off. It made the year terrible. You know, everyone was riding high at the middle of the year um, with most of the stars uh, playing sevens and doing so well. And I think that's that's part of the challenge is, you know, the, unlike the men's, um, the best players, our best female 15s players also play sevens, or many of them do. Uh, well, yes, but the uh, it's one, one of the points here is that they, they, it's over recent years, it has been a, well, uh, has been a basically, um, players would switch between them. Now it's becoming more specialised uh, in the women's game as it becomes more professional. Um, and there are, and uh, whilst pardon me, some players do move backwards and forwards, it is the, the number of moving backwards and forwards is reducing. Um, I remember it is, having... It's still, uh, you know, the top sort of five or six players are hmm. in the sevens team. And I think they would have had... The, the, the adjustment wouldn't have helped. Sorry, continue, Paul, there. No, I agree. But it, it, is, it is five or six players. It's not the... Might be ten seven. or thirteen yeah. um, squad members of the sevens. That's, all that's right. Basically, yep. what I'm trying to say. Um, that's correct. I, I did have a chat with Gail Browson, who was uh, who was a sevens player who also plays. He also um, was playing for Taranaki in 2020 because there was no game, no sevens that, mm -hmm. that year due to COVID. Um, and she was talking about how she had to increase her weight, and muscle mass. Um, to uh to, to cope with the 15s game mm. um and it, it is there is a there is a significant body change and the the and this is on the men's and women's side um yeah. around around doing that um and uh that's one of the um so, so yeah so is that um I, I did try i did want to and i failed unfortunately folks to organize a chat with her about body image around that because i've never ever heard a, a person a female before say how she had to put on weight uh, and that's that is a uh, that, that, that is a problem that we have for rugby on the women's game side of things is uh, is that part of is is, is, that, is that kind of macho kind of piece. I mean, what there's one of the ex England players has come out on uh, social media recently um, and spoken out about how she gets now her, her job after being an England rugby player is now is a personal trainer and and and, uh, mm. and she is absolutely ripped. I mean, she's fantastic. Uh, phys physical specimen, um, the uh, very fit and, and personal trainer, and now she gets um, abuse and comments online about being too, about being, yeah, you know, are you a man and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, but th this is clearly a an issue we need to break down on, on a society level, um, but it's an issue around that uh, uh, the, about trying to improve and increase the, the the number of girls playing rugby. Um, so, yeah, to hear someone talk about that. Uh, if you'll say actually I, I needed to put on weight was a, um, a bit of a shocking statement for me or not yeah, surprising yeah again yeah I was shocked to hear it I've never heard a female talk that way before um, so hence something I wanted to do an interview with her about unfortunately she said yes and I never got around to arranging it so sorry about that folks um, but it is a topic I want to get back to um, at some point um, on that one um, 
so great that they are getting um uh, 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 it, it's, it's heading that way um it is a step in the right direction but it is for my mind a it is a step is not the final destination by a long way um and i think if we are ex if we if we think this is the answer to making the black ferns competitive at the next rugby world cup then i think we're deluding ourselves they need more high level game time um the uh uh Super Rugby Alpaki is, is a step in the right direction again, but it's not enough games. Um, it was interesting reading the article about um, uh, the um, uh, I've gone blank as to um, the Black Ferns captain. Oh, yeah, anyway, shit. I'm not good with names. Also, Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs captain. Um, I've gone blank. I've talked to her several times, but um, also Bay of Plenty captain. Um, she's I know recently had a, uh, uh, um, uh, had a young, a young child as well. Um, but she was saying yeah, that very few of the black ferns, maybe the top three or four, uh, could actually dedicate their lives to being yeah. professional athletes, being high performance athletes. Uh, most of them couldn't do that. Um, so, um, so good to see that, um, uh, that more of them will be able to dedicate their time ahead of the rugby world cup. Let's hope that it continues after that. Um, and that we, we take further steps as well. Leslie um, Ketu, is that correct? Leslie Ketu? It is Les, but it's not you, 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 your... Um, Her last name um, Elder. was Elder? Elder? Is now, yes, Les. Les Elder, yes. Yeah. Um, is that her new name or her existing name? Because I've always known her, I've always known her as Elder. Hey, so she's uh, had a change of name. Anyway. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, so... Uh, uh, so she's always been very good with her time with me. Um, fan, um, wonderful person, uh, lovely person to talk to and, and to chat to. And um, yeah, I remember reading the article about with, with her talking about how few black friends actually could dedicate their lives as to be professional sport or high performance sports people. Um, and whilst that's happening, um, Stefan Minton um, on Twitter goes, A huge day for women, rugby in Altara. 30 fully professional athletes now have the uh, renewing nation requires training every day. I'm not sure with that enough, but more of them will do. Some of them who are on 60k a year will still probably need secondary jobs. Um, massive leap forward for women's game here. It's a good step forward. I'm, I wouldn't go as far as leap. Yeah, but he goes now. New Zealand Rugby and Provincial Unions need to implement a genuine pathway which fills the gaps between under 12s, first 15, then Premier Grade in the female game. Um, right now, the top dogs play everything that won't last. Big point there. Right now, the top dogs play everything. Um, I have been to, I went to um, Maniwira Rugby Club, I think it was, oh, for the 200th anniversary um, mm. day when they had all the men's teams playing and the women's team playing. And um, the women had a great win and wonderful everything. But they had like three Black Ferns playing that day, playing club rugby. And they play club rugby for the whole season. As well as playing NPC, as well as play, as well, sorry, as opening Fire Palmer Cup and being Black Ferns. Our international rugby players cannot be playing club rugby. Um, it's just, yeah, that's not preparation to play England and France. Um, and that's we, super, the Alpaki, that kind of, you know, it's, is it's, the, a, it's a step, yeah. It'll probably wrap that, close that chapter off of them playing club rugby, I'd imagine. Uh, not for a few years. Remember, Super Rugby Alpaki is only four games long. 
It's a very yeah, short Yeah, true. It's short. Need to double double that round robin a bit, don't they? Anyway, yeah. And perhaps including Moana Pacifica, putting in a uh, perhaps a Fijian and Samoan in, um, international teams in there. Um, so the so yeah, so I'd say the, there's um, the other thing is we also need to grow the base of women's rugby now. Uh, for example, I live in Waihi, as I think you all know, and I work I, and um, involved with Waihi Rugby Club, helping them out with their videoing of their games. Um, we have two men's teams. We tried to set up a women's team last year and couldn't get enough enough uh, enough players. Tough, yeah. um, I had a quick uh, search to try and find out what are the numbers of players. Um, and the only numbers I could come up with were from 2018. So they will have changed since then. But COVID, let's be honest, hasn't helped things. In this one, so from um, 0 to 12-year-olds, there are about 20,000, or there were 20,000 female players and 70,000 men, uh, male players. So look, less than a third. Yep. Um, from 13 to 20, um, 6,500 and, um, um, 33 and a half thousand was the difference. So, um, and then 21 plus, nearly 2,000 players compared to 26,000 players on the men's side. So less yeah. than a tenth. I mean, if you're going to try and put these structures in place, you need to grow the base. Yes. I'd say you know, three problems facing, um, just three problems facing the uh, the women's game in New Zealand. A, uh, the talent pool, but that may be, that is likely an international issue. It's, I just think that, the, you know, the UK, they've got the population, um, although I know there are four teams there, uh, the population to, to help it. Um, two, uh this the the competition between sevens and the inability to play all year and i think they've done a very good job of trying to sort that out so i think tick a bit of an initial tick for that but the third one is the lack of local international competition i think france england obviously the top over there but also ireland's pretty good too wales a little bit less so but they're decent um and so those teams, they get a very, very, very good high, you know, top end. Um, well, they get, you know, the peak top international games come far more regularly to those teams over there. New Zealand just plays Australia and gives them a bit of a battering. And I think it's a bit of, I know they play more other teams as well, but um, that's going to be a real issue. I'd say get feet, you know, if you, did you watch the Sevens World Cup games, Paul? Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not really, a, I, I, I love going Neither. to the Hong Kong Sevens as a party, party piece. But I don't really, I don't really watch the uh, the rugby per se. Did I say the World Cup? Did I say the Olympics? I said, yeah, no, Fiji did extremely well there. It was on the side. unbelievable. Yeah. It was like watching, it, and they all had the same, <laughs> they all had the same haircut, and they looked like fucking robots. And it was amazing how good they were. That New Zealand should not have won that game. So. Getting Fiji, I'm sure they have a. I'm sure I expect the Fijian women's 15s team is underdeveloped because, like the men's sevens, is prioritised. But get them going, and New Zealand needs more games uh, than just playing against Australia three times, giving them a hiding. A similar situation then can happen with the men's. If New Zealand just played against Australia over and over and over, we get an absolute hiding going over, like we just did going over to Europe and playing against the top tier because they're. Their their um their play styles, uh, the way they they compete against those teams becomes more well rounded because um they're getting you know more competition up front and that kind of thing. So New Zealand will have continue to have the same issue. 
Um, so um, looks like Paul will lose algorithm money now. I'm quite sure Simon's on about that side of things. Um, but anyway, um, the, the Pacific Four is coming up. So yeah, you're right. So New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and um, USA are going to be playing each other on the women's side. Um, so Simon's correct on that one. So they will have that national. They will have that annual competition um, that gets them at least three games against three different teams. I don't. I can't remember if it's if, it's, if they're doing home and away. It'll be, be at least six games, um, which is great. Whereas the you were quite right. England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, um, and Italy have the women's six nations. Um, the the team um, there um, that's um, oh yes, I was quite about the about the swearing. Uh, the team there that's um, that's uh, I don't think it's finding too bad this evening. Um, Conzi, you're, you're okay. Um, the um, the uh, but um, oh, where was I going to this one? So yes, but I mean Spain is a big big loser out there who who uh, who who are. Uh, probably ahead of Italy, or, or actually maybe not ahead of Italy, but ahead of, ahead of Scotland um, in, yeah. uh, in, in, the, in the rugby there. Um, so on the women's side. So, but yeah, the annual competition is massive. Uh, I remember I listened to the um, Red, White, and Black Eye, which is the American Rugby Pod, and uh, when they had the American Rugby Championship between the Canada, USA, Chile, Brazil, uh, Uruguay, and um, the uh, Argentinian fifteen. So not the the top team, but the next team down. The fact they had an annual an annual uh, competition where they knew they would get regular games was fantastic for them. Now, unfortunately, that has fallen by the wayside due mm. to politics. Um, but um, but yeah, having that regular competition that happens is essential if you want to grow your game. Which is why Japan have been talking with both Six Nations and the Premier Rugby Championship about getting involved with that as well. Be the government of the Rugby Championship. If they don't, they yeah. That's my take anyway. They just got to get them in there. Um, thinking of people being ripped, have you seen the Percy Montgomery being bigger than Stephen Kitsoff? Wow. No, I've not seen that one, but wow. <laughs> um, well, now he's not a uh, full-time rugby player. Perhaps he's allowed to take some tablets. Um, <laughs> the, um, um, so, yeah, so look, great for the Black Ferns, but I think there's a lot um, um, a lot to go yet. So Christopher Edwards Bailey says, yeah, Spain currently ranked above Scotland and Wales. Yeah. Uh, that's on the women's side of things, that is, folks. It's really England, England, France are unreal, and then uh, Ireland uh, tend to are getting better as well. So, but those three teams play each other. Well, no, Ireland were good, and they've gone backwards massively, unfortunately. Okay. Um, and they, hence, they've they've had their their women write to the government um, oh, with a maybe. with a letter saying, please look into this because the IRFU, uh, the IRU, um, are not are not looking are not not dealing with this properly. Um, so, uh, look, there's massive issues in there. I've had a chat with the um, oh, Harping on Rugby podcast about it because it's a massive issue in Ireland at the moment. Um, and uh, uh, he's a great podcast. If you want to follow um, Irish Rugby um, there. So, yeah, so Ireland uh, are not where they should be, uh, in all honesty. Um, we're kind of running out of time. I had a couple of other things to talk about. Um, Tasman. Um, have uh, have just had their head coach and um, assistant coach move on, um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Now they had co-coaches. The one of them moved on last year. The other one's moved on this year. Oh, moved on now. So a uh, new coaching setup will be. Uh, they're looking looking at uh, recruiting at the moment. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens at Tasman. Um, if you think that uh, the head coach of um, uh, the of Hawks Bay has also headed over to the force. It'll be interesting to see how they go, mm -hmm. how Hawks Bay goes. So, a few changes in the MPC. It'll be interesting to see how uh, we've seen with Bay of Plenty, for example, 
um, where when uh, Clayton moved on and they went outside and hide out externally, and they had a really poor season last year, um, bringing in external coaches, even if they brought in a coach with super rugby experience. Um, how much of it is built around that head coach is 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 interesting to see. So, um, are you? Uh, how do you? Th- any thoughts on how the how the Magpies and uh, um, the Tasman Tasman might go next year? Or this year, sorry. Well, we, yeah, it is this year, isn't it? Um, oh, look, it will be very interesting. Um, I think I'm. I probably need to have a look at the, the playlist to see who's who's finishing up. I, I think. Um, Tasman are probably always going to be well. They've done so well the last three or four years. It's just been, you know, as someone who technically is sort of near to the region, you know, Tasman feeds into the Crusaders. Me being a Crusaders fan, I always get that out there at least in one every, every episode at least once. Um, but I think they they've done so well and probably have exceeded expectations. Uh, and there's always going to be a bit of a drop off. So. But I do think Tasman will. They've still got a couple of good years in them, despite you know coaching changes. Um, love seeing the Magpies go well last year. Um, look, I don't I don't follow uh, the the um, NPC as much as some some of the you know the people on um, New Zealand Sport Radio or the Driving Mall, um, particularly the North Island teams. Um, but uh, you know, I I still I think Magpies are going to go. You know, they had a a, a great year last year will be good to see them back it up also i'm going to be paying close attention to the naki just because they got a bit robbed last year they did didn't they yeah with nick white moving in is uh the, the way he dealt with players who weren't part of his own own squad um post-match really impressed me so um i saw him a couple of times and the players talk walking up to him having a chat with him who were part of the chief setup because he was part of the chiefs and the, the time um that he gave them was brilliant. So yeah, lot, lots of uh, lots of time for, for 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 the head coach down there in Tasman. Uh, sorry, in, in Taranaki. Look, the Magpies have replaced their head coach with their assistant coach. Now, what we'll see that that's going to have continuity of systems, hopefully, um, and uh, I can see that working out well. That's what happened. Went badly wrong with Bay of Plenty. Is you had Clayton who would, and and the group that he was working with. Um, had basically worked with those players through under twenties, etc., putting in systems so they they knew how they were going to play when they came to NPC. You bring in a new coach who came in with his own new, new defensive coach, and his defence was a problem. Um, and he tried to put a different. Uh, he tried to just change overnight, change their defensive setup when the these guys have been playing that probably their whole career or their whole high performance career under Clayton because he'd run the under twenties, he'd run this. He'd been working with the first 15s and he suddenly try and teach these guys a new, a new defensive setup and it didn't work. With Hawks Bay having that continuity, being their assistant coach as, as head coach, I think they've got a good chance of continuing that level. Mm. Hence, it's going to be interesting to see who Tasman bring in. If they if they promote internally and they create the same structures, then I think they've got a, um, a good chance. If they go external and bring someone external in, if he tries to to re, redo everything from day one, um, they could trip up, and I think that's what happened with Bay of Plenty um, last year. Um, Six Nations, then very quickly, that starts at the fifth of Feb. So, looking forward to those games. But uh, talk there around that because of the whole COVID thing is that um, basically England are 
just going, Omicron, what's that? Who cares? Yeah, there's um, boxing on, aren't there? <laughs> Let's bit. just get sick. Um, whereas uh, pretty much every other country in Europe, where, including Wales, Scotland, Ireland, France, um, are all putting in measures to restrict the number of people at sports games, etc. So there's been some talk of Wales and Scotland playing their games in England, Scotland in Newcastle, um, Wales in London. Uh, there's also been talk of suggesting that perhaps the whole thing should be hosted in England um, as there are no restrictions. So um, let's just... It's funny that because that's just going to mean that the players... Because there's no... There's no COVID border at the moment between Wales and England or Scotland and England, right? Oh, there is, yes. No, there is a COVID border. Is there? They've got different, there are different regulate, rules and regulations. I understand there's different regulations, but you can drive across the border. Uh, be, I'm not there. I don't know. Yeah. But I, know I don't think that's, they, they did. Like in the in the height of you know COVID, they blocked people from going in and out of, of Wales and England, my understanding yeah. was. But people, isn't everyone just going to drive to England? watch the game, drive back, spread COVID. <laughs> like I would have thought that's what they're going to do. The Wales fans, you know, like that's the problem. If there's no border, then aren't they just going to, you know, isn't it going to encourage travel? But I think they're, they're trying to get – their focus isn't on the health situation. Their focus is on revenue, I guess. Well, now, the politicians who are setting up the – who are setting the rules are – yeah, it's about – the rules locally are talking about health. As you say, yeah. the Welsh Rugby Union, the Scottish Rugby Union cannot afford to run games with no crowds. Yeah. Hence why they're talking about moving across the border to where they can get full crowds. Now, whether people tra- where those crowds come from, NMI, not my issue. Um, it's going to be their kind of approach, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so uh, let, let's just wait and see. Uh, I've listened to some listening to different podcasts, you get different opinions as to how um uh, as to as to how uh, what's the word looking for how um, how serious these are and how much they're just uh, a little bit of sort of paper talk. Um, mm. So let's just see. Well, France uh, did cancel some of the or cancel the is it Champions Cup or whatever the fuck it's called, but they cancelled oh, some yes. of those um, games. So they are not just restricting you know attendance and things; they're restricting you know travel and that kind of thing. So obviously that could have an effect on the Six Nations. Um, sure, but if, well. if, if if France go, if you travel, if all you players travel over to England and play and sit there for for for, for a month and a half and try to come home, we go. No, sorry, you've got to spend two weeks quarantine. Um, all the French clubs are going to go. Uh, you're not having the players. So yeah, exactly. We'll have to wait. It's we'll have to wait and see how that all pans out. Um, I'm looking forward the, to it. Though, at the end of the day, it's a good part. It's a good competition. So hopefully, it goes ahead. Oh, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. Listen, listen to the Blood and Mud Rugby uh, podcast. And one of the things they said was the only competition in rugby in the rugby world that actually isn't broken is the Six Nations. Right? Every yeah. other every other competition um, is broken to one to a to a degree or another. So, um, yeah. quite yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, this is the this is. And because of the, the, this, this is the thing that pays for rugby in Europe, essentially. So these games will happen. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they happen now or in, or in November, they're going to happen at some point this year. <laughs> okay. We saw that last year when yep. they were playing games in sort of October, November. Um, so it will happen. We'll have to wait and see how, why, how and where it happens. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we'll see how that, uh, how, how that how that one all pans out. 
Um, because yeah, it, it, it will go ahead one way or another. Um, we've overrun. So um, I had a, I listened to a, a good interview with um, Dave Vessels, the uh, ex Force and um, Rebels coach uh, on uh, the Fixation pod, Rugby Fixation podcast. Um, so I'll talk about that again another time. Um, but Con, uh, I've kind of run things, not let you have any say in what we talk about. Was there anything you wanted to talk about or? Oh, look, maybe it's something for, for, for next time. I'd, I'd love to hear your sort of predictions and what you're looking forward to for 2022. I was about to say 2021 then. So, you know, it's a, not a World Cup year, so um, not everyone's going to say that. So I think that, that may, maybe that's something we pick up next week is get into sort of, uh, you know, yeah, predictions and that kind of thing. Obviously, they change close to the time with form, you know, but that's what's fun about it. So, um you know, your Six Nations predictions, what do you think is going to happen to Super Rugby? Will it happen? Will we play against Australia? Uh, and, and you know, what's going to be the outcome of the end of year tours, that type of thing, or, and whatever, whatever else you're excited about. So maybe that's a bit of a teaser for next next time. So you can either tease until next time, or you can go back and listen to last week's podcast where I talked about those things. One no, I, I just got to repeat it because I wasn't there, so I didn't care. No, <laughs> And it's all about con, let's be honest. See, the world used to be about me. Now it's about con. No, it's, um, it's, 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 it's just how these things are. Just my laziness. Yep. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you everyone for being in the live chat. Don't forget, folks, next week, Monday, 8 p.m., not Tuesday, um, is when we'll be doing the show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Monday nights from now on. Uh, because uh, well, look, we switched. We used to be in Monday nights. We switched for the, uh, the uh, Swinging from the Hip podcast, um, but that one, uh, has died a death so um folks we can with the, the monday night slot is reopened uh, and rugby will move back to them so thanks con thanks everybody and yeah, thanks, um, everybody. stay safe and uh yeah catch you all next week cheers paul here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.